an easy jump. Ah, oh, yeah, it's good to it's good to get here and take a deep breath and yeah, find ourselves settled and settling. We've had a crazy weekend at our place with an open and Leela's super sick. She's home, stuck in bed, so that's that's no good. But she's listening. Greg and Lee, good to see you guys on Zoom and yeah, laws to it at home so thanks for yeah being here it's it's been a it's been a really cool week you know like i, I really feel that the the truth of this song like we, we need his spirit i i need his spirit i need him i need his voice his truth the things he's saying the things to hold on to something to something to show me the way through the things that are going on hey good to see ya yeah it's uh it's 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 been uh, an incredible week of seeing holding the line um, start to open some things up. Um, I, I'm not sure really what sort of twigged it all, but out here at Golden Valleys, we started to have some thoughts about a week ago of running some school holiday camps and some government funding that's available for that. And in the mix of that, some people coming out and talking to us about sort of supporting the bigger vision as far as building and things like that are concerned. And it sort of felt like all, all in one big foul swoop inside of like 12 hours, it felt like God just kind of took something and, you know, like, you know, just kind of like poured out something from heaven like just a an understanding that we're going to have what we need that there's going to be provision that there's going to be a vision that there's going to be a future in fact that he's not limited in any way in the things that we find ourselves in and you know i think you know we sort of started to explore this idea of doing some holiday camps out here at golden valleys under the positive start program and we started to look at it and we were like my goodness like there's there's possibly enough revenue in this to fund the next four or five years of building vision out here and actually where we where we once felt like we stood here staring at opportunity without means now it feels like in a matter of six months we could have more means than opportunity you know i think sometimes when we sit here and we stare at our situation god sees the the things and we go ah where are we going to have the means for our opportunity and maybe that's energy or maybe that's health in our house maybe that's health this week or maybe it's the sale of our home or maybe it's the money for a vision here but you know when we hold the line that god's got us on we can be so confident that he's got what we need and he and and in a moment he'll pour something out that changes a story and so yeah i'm i'm praising god for that this week and you know it's not all yet to be so we can even hesitate to go is it going to be good is it going to come to pass but you know i think we're here today to say the god who we're following is a good god with a good plan who has us on a good path and in a good place and we can trust the things he's leading us to and whether this week is a hard week or a victory week whether we saw god pour something out or whether we're holding on to the thing he poured out three months ago this is still a good place to to be you know and I was saying this morning I think God continues to look for a group of people who will hold on to him no matter what and let that serve his story and his purpose both in our lives but in his story because ultimately it's not about me and the life I'm gonna live it's about God and a story that he wants to write among his people and for his people and so yeah this is praising God for that this morning and wanted to start there and I just want to pray and then let's worship we're gonna hear from Hannah in a second on a, all the experiencing God goodness. Glenn's got a truth this morning that he's going to bring. And yeah, let's just, let's just give God our complete attention this morning. You know, we're not, we're not here to learn something. We're not here to, to come to understand something. We're here to commune with him together to say, God, you are still good. 
We are your people. We're here to praise you. We're here to remember you. We're here to say you haven't changed and we still desire you more than anything else. So let's, let's position ourselves there. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are unfailing, that you are certain, that you are trustworthy and you are good. We just thank you that in the moments where we can't see where you're leading us, we can trust your nature and your character, that you've got good things and good plans. And Father, would you find here a group of faith-filled people who say, God, would you take our lives and roll them into your story for your purpose? We want to glorify you. We want your kingdom to rise above our own. We want this world to not be our home, but help us fix our eyes on this victory of heaven that you've in store for your people here today, now, in this moment. So well up faith within our spirits, we ask. In the name of Jesus this morning, as we praise you and we say you are good, you are here. We thank you. We pray it in your name. Amen. Good morning. I, just before I start sharing about experiencing God, which has been um, awesome this week, I drove in this morning and I saw a lineup of cars and I was just overwhelmed with the joy of being with my family this morning. And it's really cool to have a full house and some new faces joining us. So, yeah, it's been really cool. But, yeah, I drove in this morning and I was like, my people. <laughs> How unlike me. Um, anyway, this week in Experiencing God, so we're down to the last two weeks. So I'll be sharing about um, the content from this last week. We've only got one more week together, which is bittersweet it's been a really beautiful journey together and so it's going to be sad to bring it to a close but I think it's the right timing too and I think you know it's been a really beautiful journey for us to all share and anyway this last week just gone was about the idea of koinonia or koinonia however you choose to say it which is um, talking about the fellowship shared with God and with other believers and this week and there's been a consistent theme, th- theme? It's consistent theme throughout. <laughs> um, consistent theme throughout experiencing God, which talks about growing in a deeper love relationship with Him, and it's just been like that's the underlying theme that's just throughout the content that we've been doing is this. It keeps pushing and ex- experiencing deeper and deeper this love relationship with God. And the memory verse from this week was 1 John 1, 7, which says, But if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another, he with us and we with him. I just thought that was beautiful, true unbroken fellowship. And so it's been beautiful over the last few weeks seeing um, individuals grow in their love relationship with God and and then sharing that as well and one standout for me was uh, Nelson who is a part of our church community and he's a young boy who I love he's also my little sister's boyfriend and um, he went he shared an experience where he went on a drive with God and he was just allowing God to lead him on this drive and God was saying turn left here and turn right here and anyway they ended up at this beautiful farm and he ended up getting produce and cooking for his family it was just a beautiful experience and I look at people like Nelson who don't have a grid for or haven't previously had a grid for that intimate love relationship with God and seeing that flourish has been really beautiful and sharing that together 
and it was cool on Monday night. So we hadn't been together for about a month and on Monday night we all got back together and we were catching up on everyone's happenings and there was just this real buzz of being together in fellowship and sharing our experiences over the past couple of weeks and you know what people have been up to over the holidays and you honestly you couldn't shut people up like <laughs> we were just chat 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 um yeah but I guess in this week's content in the idea of fellowship and that intimacy with God and intimacy with others where the rubber hit the road for me um, was how often that connection can come under threat and how quickly and how easily and there's this constant like push-pull of like oh do I do this do I do that and you know the enemy is constantly at us and that connection that we have with God is constantly coming under threat and so in um, day four of this week's study bear with me where's my bookmark there in um, day four it asks a question and it says in all honesty before God who or what exerts the greatest practical influence on your life and then it gives you a couple of answers that you can choose from is it Jesus Christ is it my job is it my debts is it my past is it my spouse is it money or possessions is it my fears or is it other and you can specify it's like whoa that's a big question in all honesty before God who or what exerts the greatest practical influence on your life and if I answer really honestly in that moment I would say my fears they have a really big sway in my day-to-day and um you know, that comes with fear of missing out, um, fear of not having enough, fear of being alone, and, you know, the list could go on and on and on. Um, but I came across this quote. I was hanging out over at um, the Jupp's house yesterday afternoon, and we are talking about a, another study that we've done as a church called Keep Your Love On. And I came across a quote that I thought just worked really well with this week's study, and it says, "'Fear and love are enemies.'" They come from two opposing kingdoms, fear who would like nothing more than to keep you permanently disconnected and isolated. Love comes from God, who is always working to heal and restore your connection with him and other people and bring you into healthy, life-giving relationships. I was like, yeah, I can feel the, I can feel that. (laughs) Like the constant, they're at war with one another, fear and love. And love is constantly pursuing me, constantly tracking me down, but so is fear. And it's so easy to grab onto the hand of either one of those. But oftentimes I choose the fear because it's like, well, God, I haven't seen you come through in this moment. Or, you know, where were you in, you know, this experience or whatever it is. And so... Yeah. And the clever thing about fear and the enemy is that fear is a motivator. And so I'm really motivated by the fact that I have a fear of like I won't have enough. And so I'm motivated by that. And so I'll go out and I'll get a better job or I'll, you know, sell my possessions or whatever it is because I'm scared that I'm not going to have enough. Um, But as I was so I've been staying at um, the Gwendas this weekend, just doing a bit of dog sitting and staying over at their house. And it's been a really nice opportunity to just hang out and sitting on the couch last night and I was doing um, an Emmanuel journaling exercise and just going through the questions and talking about gratefulness and appreciation and um, then asking God, you know, 
how he sees me and what's he saying to me in this moment. And I felt like he said to me last night, Hannah, the most powerful place is when your desire meets my plan. And I was like, okay, yeah. (laughs) And he said, and in connection with me and in a love relationship with me, that's not going to be a hard place to meet me in because your desire, you can't help the fact that you will just desire the things of my kingdom and you will just desire my plans and my purposes for your life. And I was like, oh, God, I want that more. But there's so much fear and so much, you know, tension between, like, do I hold on to love in this situation? Do I hold on to fear? And blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so this week I'm finding it challenging and encouraging all at the same time. And it in this week's study it finished off with uh, John 15.5 and I feel like that's a really good place to conclude all my jibber-jabbering um and he says I'm the vine and you are the branches the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit for otherwise apart from me that is cut off from vital union with me you can do nothing yeah it's that's a good one (laughs) yeah so I'm I'm reminded of my helplessness and hopelessness without him and so whilst it can be challenging I'm on the journey of trying to choose to say yes to him in all of the fears and all the tensions of life so yeah anyway oh dear well I am encouraged to share something today because um more so after hearing Hannah wherever she went just there It's a worry. I, mean, I do worry about myself. No, just the just the um, the tie-in, the tie-in of what you said versus not versus, along with what you know, I felt God had me share today. So it's always nice to see God moving in that space. So yeah. So anyway, it's good. Um, so anyway, I want a show of hands. You don't actually have to give a show of hands. Have you ever decided to go on a diet? <laughs> <laughs> Tim's like, <laughs> and then started it, but once you were like a week or so in, the enthusiasm that you started with has slightly waned, and eventually the idea gets put on the shelf. Anyone guilty of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Don't ask my kids about my new keto-ish diet where where the ish includes everything else I want to eat (laughs) anyway but why do we think that is you know what is it that does that you know there's 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 like there's like this enthusiasm at some certain point that gets you to go right I'm actually going to take some action I'm going to do something about it whether it be diet or whatever else and you know you get to the start line like there was something that occurred that went all right I'm going to have a crack get to the start line and you know, but something happens where we just, that enthusiasm wanes and we can't quite stick at it. For some of us, anyway, for me, maybe it's just me. But I was thinking about that this week and I'm not too proud to say it, but my faith life can be a little bit similar to that. I can have my moments of boom and then not so boom. You know, the last time, the last time I spoke, um, I was sharing kind of about this and I don't know, it was a few months ago, but um, I was sharing the tug of war I was having internally between believing what it was that God was saying to me, uh, in particular at that time about future provision 
and for for myself and my family and those around me versus what I could see on the horizon. And I was reading the verse to you guys in James where it speaks about asking God for wisdom and then he'll and when but be sure to take faith for what he says because if you don't, you'll be like the double-minded man getting tossed back and forth between the waves and that person can expect nothing from God. And that felt very relatable. And I shared after last time that I felt like Leanne and I were on the edge of an opportunity just to go all in. Like we'd, we'd, I, I mentioned that, you know, we really had no case to make that God had not been abundantly generous all our lives. And so this back and forth of, you know, is he going to provide, is he not going to provide was just nonsense really when we looked at it. And it was like, you know, we just need to stop being that double-minded man and woman and jump in and so that day I mentioned that I felt like we were coming to this moment and it was actually that afternoon after church that you know we just sat down actually lay down in our room and just said sorry you know repented to God and just said you know we're sick of the to and fro and you've given us no reason that we can't trust you and so we want to go in we go all in and we want our lives to count for you and we want you to be able to use um, our lives for you and that was only a couple of months ago and um, and I, I would have to say in that moment and in the ensuing weeks around that, I did actually really feel like, you know, whether it was spiritually something that broke off or just a confidence, but I just re- I really felt a peace about this provision piece that I'd been doubting and fearing about. So I was a little bit disappointed this week when I was considering a sharing that I recognised I'd digressed some, a bit like the diet, I'd that enthusiasm, that confidence or that moment, I'd regressed some and had recognised that not even not even consciously necessarily, but some of the thought train in my head was, you know, really a negative loop around are we going to have enough and, you know, some of my other fears. And I was just like, what is the deal with that? You have to, you know, I'm going back and forward. The eyesight version of the iPad, the text is about this big now, so my points are really big. Um, and I guess as I was considering what it was that was taking me down this path of worry, it was once again me looking forward to the future and not leaving any room for God to turn up in that, you know, basically taking the responsibility onto myself to be my provider, to be the person that had to do it all. And, um, and yeah, it had me thinking a little bit. Some of you know we've just been away, Kai and I, um, and the girls have been away on a trip up to Fraser Island and the Gold Coast. And, um, and Kai and I, Kai's just started an apprenticeship, as probably most of you know, this week. And um, he was all about, oh, we wanted to create a little bit of a bookend for him between you know, school life and, and work life. And um, Kai has bought this car of his, this four-wheel drive, and he's been hustling, hustling hard um, to work jobs and get some money and then use that money to buy bits and bobs to add to the car. And, you know, he's really been hustling hard. And, um, you know, we had a bunch of ideas as we sort of considered, you know, what we wanted this to look like for Kai as we, you know, put, a, put that book in between school life and work life. And, um, and you know, we'd, we'd sought God on them. And, you know, I had some thoughts around, you know, an overseas trip or something like that. And But when we prayed about it, I really felt like God was showing us this trip. And it really felt confirmed to me when, you know, we mentioned it to Kai and Kai was just like frothing. He was like, yes, this is the best thing you could 
ever tell me ever you're going to come we're going to road trip it together we're going to camp in this new car i've got mum and the girls are going to fly up and meet us up there this life is good so he was so 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 excited and so we left a few saturdays ago super pumped super early in the morning and girls were flying up that day we were coming a couple of days later couldn't wait to get up there six hours in car breaks down and um you know that is a really long story what happened next for another time but the short story is obviously things didn't go the way we'd planned you know, not just in the actual event of breaking down, but even in the fixing, you know, where there was a bunch of roller coaster ride of emotions of is it going to be fixed and back on the road or is it, you know, we're we leaving it here and, um, yeah, and it was, it did not go. If there was, you know, a hashtag, it was this is not what we planned, you know. And, I mean, I won't go into the details, but as, ran, as, as extreme as, you know, even the place in Goulburn, which God bless the people that live in Goulburn, but thank you, Jesus, I don't live there. But, um, but this, this, this place, which we spent a lot more time in there than I would like to, um, anyway, that's a whole other story. But anyway, like we couldn't even get a place to stay for the night. And the place was booked up. There was some big event on. And I won't go into the details, but we ended up staying in this random's house in her spare room because there literally wasn't a hotel in the whole place that had room and we are going to be sleeping on a park bench otherwise. So it was just... It's a crazy story. But, but anyway, we were... While we were away... We, we eventually got away and, and, you know, God did provide a way for us to get there. We, we, we went to the, we, um, again, thank you, RACV, spend your $280 on RACV. It's the best money you'll spend if you've got an old car. So thank you, RACV, for supplying us a lovely brand new Toyota Prado to take up to Fraser Island. So that was, that was some ways an upgrade, but Kyle wouldn't agree with that. But, um, but, but anyway, we got, we got away and we got, we got up on our trip. But while we were away, we had the car booked in to getting fixed and so when we came back to it, it was, you know, with, with a level of excitement that we came back going, you know what, this, this, this car's going to be all fixed and it's going to be sorted. And, um, you know, the whole car, the car needed engine up, ended up being rebuilt, the engine. And, um, and so we were, yeah, we were, so there was a level of excitement. We just had this fantastic trip away. We pick up the car and we get an hour down the road after picking it up and the thing breaks down again. And it's like, oh, you're kidding me. You know, again, hashtag things did not go the way we planned, you know. And so, you know, we left the car and, you know, it just got back this week and, and we got a train home and I was sitting there on the train and just pondering, you know, what is this God like, you know, what's the go here? And just really feeling for Kai. He was a bit devastated, obviously. It, it, there was moments, lots of moments of, you know, highs and lots and lots of lows in that as well. And, um, yeah, but I was just, as I was reflecting on the last couple of weeks I'd spent with him and with the girls, you know, I'd have to say it was just I had a joy of the time we had away. It was an amazing time away. We, we had a fantastic time. It'll be, it was a time with lots of, you know, adventure and lots of fun. And even the car bit was, you know, it was something that we'll cherish, I think, and remem- remember forever. But it definitely wasn't the way that I had hoped or we'd hoped it would go. It wasn't how we'd planned it. Um, and yet we still had this amazing time together. You know, we'd, we'd prayed around what to do with the car even. Like once we, the car broke down, we prayed, what are we going to do about it? And really felt God even guiding that. And, um, 
and you know Leanne before she needed knew it needed a full rebuild she'd actually sent us a something she felt God sharing with us which you know spoke to this metaphoric picture of you know God inviting Kai into an invitation for a bit of a heart rebuild you know and um, pulling out some of the bits that you know, weren't going to suit him in this next chapter or serve him in this next chapter. And that was his invitation. And it was one of the themes of that was it was going to be a patient and a thorough work. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about that. And, you know, as we're traveling home and I'm like, um, it started to make sense to me, I guess, you know, you try and maybe I'm the optimist, but I'm, it started to make sense to me why some of the things might have taken place, but I still couldn't... There was still a lot of mystery in it, still a lot of bits that just didn't make sense around how this all played out. But I did find myself thinking, gee, on this train ride home, one of the things that really impacted me is, gee, there's a lot about Kai's car story that's got relevance to my story, you know, where things did not go the way I thought they would, you know, and I think around this room there'd probably be quite a few stories I know even just in the room that's like you know hashtag things didn't go to plan and I guess I I'm I'm a sort of pretty tasky sort of guy and I, I want God to be that linear A to B shortest distance you know let's just you said we're going to go to B so let's just get there to B and when he takes a few loops and breakdowns in Goulburn I can start to just doubt everything that he said and I can start to doubt that he even said we're going to be because clearly we're not going to be because we're stuck in Goulburn right yeah and um but in Kai's road trip story you know we we still experienced Fraser you know we had this amazing time Kai's car came back it's getting fixed at the moment and you know it has been a context that God's really used in Kai's story probably in a bigger way than if he just got there and back you know probably um, I think that story is still being written, you know, and we'll see how that all plays out. But, um, but the plan did, definitely didn't follow the script. But I do see now that God was in it, through it, part of it and all over it. Um, yeah, and I guess as I consider my own story, there's so much about my story that looks similar to this that I can easily decide wasn't of God because it didn't go the way that I would have determined or the way that I would have scripted things um, yeah and I guess as I was thinking about that I wonder if like me some of us are navigating situations like that that they feel confused by or possibly even felt God is absent from or maybe they got something wrong and um, yeah and I guess I'm coming to realize that what lens I view that situation through, that moment, that moment of doubt, I guess, will have a major impact on me. It'll have a major impact on the people around me, um, my heart, my posture. And if I view a situation purely using my logic or my determination of what is right or best, I can really shut down to what it is that God might want to use that situation for, for his purposes. And it had me thinking, you know, how would it change things for me and those around me to consider that despite how hard the situation or the circumstance may seem in the moment, that he is still there in it with me and that he hasn't left. And actually, possibly, it's even him allowing it to take place to build something in me that needs building. You know, Jesus speaks into this in Matthew 6, 
um, which is we're, we're, we're talking Matthew 6, 22 right through to 34 today. But in 22 to 23, uh, you, a lot of you will know the verse. It says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. It had me thinking around that. It's like, all right, well, what do we think Jesus meant when he was saying, if your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But if it's unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And, you know, there's a few ways I think you could interpret that. But what made sense to me is that my eyes provide my sight. And so what I see and what I focus on is the gateway. It determines so much of my posture and my experience and the way that I live my life. And when I'm focused on Jesus and what he has said, his promises to me individually and also more generically through his word, I can find, I can find a great peace in turbulent times. But when I choose to take my focus away from him and onto my situations or my fears for the future, then they get to determine the state of being. They get to be the louder voice. And I guess this is the Peter walking on the water story. You know, it makes no sense to step out onto the water and expect to walk unless Jesus says so. You know, but when Peter was focused on Jesus, he was able to do the impossible. And I feel like, I feel like some of these truths that we get to read and we get to, you know, partake in, they're really simple at face value, you know, a bit like a bit like the diet thing, you know. It's pretty simple, a diet. Like it's it's like just, you know, have less calories go in than go out and, you know, happy days. But when someone's passing around the cold beers and the ice cream tub, that suddenly becomes a lot harder to live out. Like it's a simple truth, but actually living it out is very, very different. And I think some of... I think that's how it is with some of these truths. I think we know them innately. We've got... We, we believe that if we focus on Jesus in the turbulent times, like Peter, we get to do the impossible. But it's a simple truth to know, but actually living it out is, is, is one of the challenges. You know, Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 6, um, 25 to 34... That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? I don't know if it's just me that that bit emphasises. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? Unbelie uh, what will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Did you notice the caveat at the end of the verse? It's kind of like he gives this preamble about, you know, Jesus is going to look after you. Don't worry about the bird. You know, the birds don't have to worry about anything and they look beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And everything's going to be cool. And then right at the very end is the kicker. It's like seek the kingdom of God. If you don't want to be in that caught up in that worry, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give everything you need. So I guess that got me thinking. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean then? What does it mean to seek the kingdom first above all else? What does that, like that's a, in some ways a bit of a Christianese term. It's like, you know, what, seek the kingdom. Yeah, we all know that verse, it's like seek the kingdom. What does that actually mean to seek the kingdom first? You know, what is the kingdom? You know, is it a place? Is it a posture? You know, what does it mean to understand how we seek his kingdom first? Because it sounds like life gets really good when we do that, right? You know, God provides and we don't need to worry. So I was doing a bit of research on people much smarter than me and what they might describe succinctly what this thing of the kingdom is. And I liked the most the description, which I think is going to come up on here, um, from John Piper, um, good old old school. And he says, I think the most important thing I could say about the kingdom of God that would help people make sense out of all the uses is that the basic meaning of the word kingdom in the Bible is God's reign. He sits as king on his throne of the universe and his kingly rule, his kingdom and his reign governs all things. The basic meaning of the word kingdom in the Bible is God's kingly rule, his reign, his action, his lordship, his sovereign governance. Can you see, for me, I can see a link here between that first part of the verse, you know, between the eye being the lamp and the instruction by Jesus not to worry about tomorrow. Because if our eye comes under the authority of God's kingly rule and therefore we're seeking his kingdom first because it's guiding us, then we get to be under his lordship and we get to experience his light and the peace and the wisdom that comes with that. And so by coming under his authority, his reign and rule over our lives, he not only allows us to make a positive contribution to his kingdom, but we also sit in the protection of the kingdom. You know, I thought that was a bit of a thing that I hadn't really, that sort of clicked for me as I was looking at this. It's like, it's like yeah, we don't actually, um, when, we, when we sit under his lordship, we actually sit under the protection that comes with that as well. You know, the authority, it's like, it's like being taken out of membership in a crazy lavish country club and we're all of a sudden get all the perks of whatever's in the country club, all the, all the resource that and the history of that comes with that and the price of membership is just submitting to the authority of him. And then we can expect to be sitting in the blessings and the peace and the wisdom that comes from being under that. You know, the cool bit about this kingdom is it isn't geographic. You know, it's not a geographic boundary, you know, as some, as we might sort of consider it. You know, if we're submitting ourselves to his kingdom and being guided by him, then we get to take the kingdom to wherever we go. 
you know, it goes with us. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a package deal with us. You know, whether it be to work, you know, we get to, if we're sitting under the reign and rule and the authority of Jesus, we get to take that and all the wisdom and all the peace and all the authority that that comes into any place that we walk, you know, whether it be work, whether it be church, whether it be camp, whether it be the gym or, you know, wherever you take it. And with it comes all the privileges of membership. You know, when we submit ourselves to his kingdom way and the reign and his reign and rule, we get to trade in the currency of the kingdom, which is different to the currency of this world. There's no, there's, you know, it's, it's, this is the currency where Peter gets to walk on water. That makes no sense. But in the currency of kingdom, it does because under the reign and rule and the authority of Jesus, we get to flow in the things of Jesus. And, you know, that's where Peter gets to walk on water. Lazarus raised from the dead. You know, blind people get their sight, lame people get to walk. This group buys a property in Merricks that never settles until it's sold. You know, God provides resource, resource to provide a property here in Flinders that we weren't expecting. You know, the government launches a positive start program that all of a sudden funds a lot of the gap between how we thought we were going to pay for this joint. You know, a business is sold in the middle of a lockdown. And not a good time at a reasonable rate, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 there's different rules. There's a different currency. We get to trade in a different currency when we're sitting under the authority of Jesus. I think this is the, I think this is the clincher in some ways for me. I think it's the wall. Something in me doubts that. Something in me thinks that I know better and I know best and I would do it my way because it's what makes sense to me. And it limits coming into the full current and flow of this kingdom way, you know. And like something in me thinks that that I can I can do this better than you, God. And I don't even like it's just even saying it, it's a ridiculous thought. And yet somewhere in the in 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 the vernacular in the back of my mind, I can find myself defaulting to what makes sense to me. And yet when I do that. I, I walk out of the authority of him. I walk. I'm coming. I'm. I'm coming out of his reign and rule. I'm not seeking his first his kingdom. I'm seeking first my kingdom. You know, and it's a dangerous place to be. I recognise for me and for all of us. I think. So I think you know maybe I'm oversimplifying, but it seems possibly the key to this simple life is a simple truth that's just a bit hard to live. You know, a bit like the diet. <laughs> You know, a decision to say yes. You know, it's two things I see. A decision to say yes to submitting our whole selves to the authority of God leads to a life of his protection and his provision under his reign and rule in every area of our lives. And, um, and I think the second one is, you know, to Hannah's point earlier, staying in that close and intimate relationship with him. So just two things, simple, right? Easy, simples. But I think we need to be honest with ourselves and recognise that this isn't a once and done thing. It's not just, oh, yeah, let's do that and, and then we're done. You know, this is a daily, sometimes hourly decision to decide to come under his authority. You know, there is a war in my flesh that doesn't want to. You know, there are competing spiritual forces that would have me not want to do that and have me lured elsewhere. Um, 
but and I think it's the reason I can have a magical moment, you know, a few Sundays ago and feel like I'm right in the pocket of the belief that he is my provider and I'm sitting in his provision and yet, you know, a few weeks later have some doubts around that. Um, yeah. And I think also there's something powerful about recognising the normality of this up and down battle, like, you know, that we haven't, we haven't necessarily failed or anything. It's like we're not failures because we've sat outside. It's part of the normal flow and it, it, is, it, is, it is a daily, hourly decision that we've got an opportunity to walk into, you know, because we are going to have our challenges and we are going to... Life does throw its curveballs and its car breakdowns and its business failures and its relational or health challenges and the list goes on and that is going to create some moments for us to take faith and to not be that double-minded man, you know, to take faith and go, you know, well, what did God say? And if he said it, I can bank on it and I can take faith on it and I don't need to, I don't need to look at my circumstances. I can recognise that I'm the Peter in this story. I get to walk on water, whatever that metaphorically that is in your situation. The kingdom currency doesn't work in earthly currency. It gets to trade in a different way. And so... Yeah, and when we do get to trade in that, we get to experience his promise, you know, and it's our promise of our whole body being full of the light, the eye is the lamp. And, you know, when we're sitting in that, it makes our whole body healthy and it makes our lives healthy and the, our homes healthy and those around us. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a good reminder as I've been thinking about this that I don't need to take on the responsibility of the things that he's said he's going to. And so my opportunity is to take faith for the things that he said. And I know that that's in this room. I know there's lots of stories that have a real similarity to that where God's been clear about what he said, but maybe we've forgotten that he doesn't trade in earthly ways and that his kingdom ways are not our ways. So we've got some questions. We're going to break into some groups. And um, I think the questions are just going to stay up on the thing. Are they, Curdy? There you go. So maybe break into, I don't know, two or three groups, probably, three groups, probably. Yeah. yeah what, what great what great things to be chewing on, you know, the Hannah Glenn tag team today, you know, this idea of, yeah, you did it. You did it. You know, what was the question out of experiencing God that you asked at the beginning, Hannah? Ballpark. Yeah, what's got your bandwidth? Yeah, what's got the bandwidth of your attention, you know? You know really, and you're, you boiled that down to fear or love and this push-pull in the, in the spiritual war to, to get us to pick up fear and not live in, in what we have. And, you know, Glenn, to come behind it with, you know, this idea of, um, yeah, a God who invites us into his kingdom, into the pro protection of his authority, into the provision, and asks that that would take up our focus and not making for ourselves a, li a life or choosing for ourselves our own kingdom. And yeah, I think the, um, you know, the, the journey story of the, the four-wheel drive trip with Kai sort of on the front end of that really characterizes the complexities of it. Because I think we all sign up for the, the kingdom. You know, why wouldn't you? You know, but it's like the people of God have faced the story of God in its uncertain terms again and again and again and again. 
You know, I think it's just a privilege to count ourselves a part of a people of God experiencing the complexities of the story of God. You know, and you put that on the table in such a relatable and tangible way, Glenn, and even your own testimony of, you know, the last time you spoke and some really big yeses that you and Leon have made and are living in, you know, and, and also the ease of a drift from that that goes, all right, I need to put both hands on this again and pull it close. And it's like, yeah, I think that is a, um, it's such a relatable um, path and piece of the story, you know, and each of us can apply that to our own story in different ways. You know, but the truth of the matter is when you start walking a journey together, we can apply this to our story too. You know, there's some, there's some what the moments along the way that don't belong to any individual, but belong to us. Yeah, and I think, you know, there, there's some, some powerful considerations in the things you're saying. You know, what, what do you do when things don't turn out the way you thought? What do you do when things don't feel like they're going to be great? What do you do when you're not sure that the God story you're on is working out well? You know, and I think for an individual to walk that road is an incredible thing, but for a group of people to enter into a collective story that walks you straight into the same uncertainty, you know, I think there's something extraordinary about people who would stick in there in those moments and yeah I think I think we are we are they you know and uh yeah I think when we when we hold on to God and to the best of our ability at his path we just have to we have to trust when the car's broken down on the road and I'm not sure where I'm gonna stay that the story's just not finished because he brought me here he brought me here and he's sought me in the place that I am and the story's gonna end well. And I think when you're broken down on the side of the road, it's hard to hang on to that. It's hard to hang on to that. But 